the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Hello, radio listeners and friends. And it is indeed great privilege and pleasure to welcome you all to another dynamic moment with the word of God through moments of vigil with Elohim, with your servant, Bishop Mario Reed, from the Steertown New Testament Church of God, Steertown St. Anne. Faith in God can move a mighty mountain. Faith in God can calm the troubled sea. Faith can make a desert like a fountain. Faith can and will bring the victory. I am Carlene Walters and we are pleased to bring to you part one of our two-part sermon entitled Faith Give God's Presence. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 to the end. And in reading this passage, I want to tell you something. And I believe that God wants to tell us too. This is what I believe the Lord wants us to know. Faith gives God presence. Faith gives God presence. I'm not talking about presence as when you give somebody a gift. I'm talking about presence as if God appears. So essentially I'm saying that faith gives God appearance. It gives God the opportunity, the allowance to be present in your life, to be present in your situations. Follow me as we journey through this text for the few minutes that we have. And I will take you back as far as to Genesis chapter 15, verse 13 and 14, where the revelation of God is recorded, given to Abraham, that his descendants, that is the descendants of Abraham, will be in a foreign land they do not own. And they will become servants of the people of that land and will suffer affliction 400 years. But he will judge the people that afflict them and cause them to return to the land he promised in covenant to have given to them. Now notice that word, given to Abraham in Genesis 15. In Genesis 17, God renewed covenant with Abraham. And there he called him Abraham. Abraham was just a name to say he's father of nations. But Abraham, father of many nations. So in this dialogue in Genesis 15 with God and Abraham, when God told him that he was going to give him this land where he now rests, now, if I push up a little bit into chapter 12, we know that the Lord took Abraham from his father's house, Terah, and said, I'm going to send you to a place. Abraham followed God by faith. And when he reached that land, the Lord said, this land is the land that I have been leading you to. 
And this land is the land that I am going to give your descendants. And so he wanted to know when this is going to happen. So the Lord said, well, your descendants are going to be in a foreign country. And they are going to be servants of the people in that country. And they will be suffering affliction for 400 years. So it's going to take some time before your seed get this land. It's going to take a prolonged period of time before the promise is fulfilled. About 250 years later, Joseph, at the end of his life, in Genesis 50, verses 24 and 25, reaffirmed this promise, told the children of Israel that the Lord will surely visit them. And when he visits them, they should carry his bones with them when they were going out of the land of Egypt. Now, this was a story that Joseph got from his father. And he believed God. It was not a matter of him believing Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. It is a matter of him believing God who gave this promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And about 250 years later, he reaffirmed this promise. He said, the Lord will surely visit you. Without a shadow of a doubt, the Lord will surely visit you. Notice the 400 years that the Lord said, the descendants of Abraham is going to be suffering affliction had not yet started. So he said, they will be in the land for 400 years. But still, about 250 years had passed before the children of Israel actually went into Egypt. So Joseph believed this word and repeated it because he believed the word of the Lord. This solemn oath that Joseph and the children of Israel entered was approximately 400 years before this would have taken effect. And we look in Exodus 13 and there it reveals that the time for them to leave Egypt was finally set in motion. Moses took the bones of Joseph as is recorded in verse 19 of Exodus chapter 13 with them while they were leaving out of Egypt. It is important to know the promises of God and believe the God who give you those promises hello because he who gives you the promise is sure and he will ensure that what he has promised you it will come to pass now when he said that the Lord will surely visit you in the Hebrew the understanding is that when God comes he will always be there there will be no end there will be no completion to his visitation when he comes he will remain with you so God is coming to allow his everlasting presence to be with you he is coming so that he will become your everlasting portion so when he comes he will not leave you and he will deliver you from the afflictions with which you are afflicted and he will judge them that troubles you that is said in Thessalonians that the Lord God will trouble them that troubles you we can't ignore this principle that Abraham believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness 
Genesis 15 and verse 6. He believed God and in that act of belief, just by believing God, God said that this makes you to be in right standing with me. This makes it that when I measure you, you fit the measurement of my requirement just by believing in me. I pause for just a few seconds to tell you that when you believe in the Almighty God, it, it puts you in measurement with the requirement of God. Because when you believe God, you obey God. And when you obey God, the result will be that he will bless your obedience because that's what the promise of the covenant is all about. So Abraham believed God and God accounted it as righteousness for him. It is my firm belief that it was the faith of the forefathers of Israel that resulted in their deliverance from bondage and that which had them obtaining their eternal possession as was promised by God. Abraham believed. Isaac believed. Jacob believed. Joseph believed. All these persons believed. Now notice these people are now in Egypt. When Joseph said that the Lord will surely visit you. As I've said to you, it was 400 years later before the Lord actually visited them. The generation that got this message from Joseph had long passed. And a new generation had come up. And all they knew was Egyptian life. Their story might have been told. And the story might have been told to them over and over again. That God is going to visit us and deliver us. Can you imagine that you are undergoing affliction. You are suffering and suffering terribly. And all you can hear is that God is going to deliver me. When? God is going to come and help me. When? You've been hearing this from how long? And the situation is getting much more intense. And all I can hear is that God is going to come to my deliverance. My brothers and sisters, when God even did came to their deliverance by sending Moses, they still did not accept much of what Moses had to say. Because when Moses came, things got even worse. The affliction with which they were afflicted got more intense and they did not want to hear anything more about this God that is going to deliver them. Because from the moment Moses came and told Pharaoh, God said to let my people go, Pharaoh had done nothing more than increase their burden. So when are we going to be delivered? You will be delivered on God's timing. You will be delivered according to the workings of Almighty God. You will be delivered when God thinks that the strength you need to go where you need to go is ready on the inside of you. Hello someone. There are times that you want to move from what you are in to the next place. Thinking that you are ready but you are not ready for the next place. And God is saying you got to stay where you are some more before you progress further. Because if I allow you to progress further you will not have the strength to bear what you are going to face. 
somebody needs to know that your muscles are being strengthened for the greater weight that you are going to be lifting when you step in the other part of your destiny so then I've given you all this overview that led to this point I'm going to raise some principles from the text for us but if we raise the principle from the text I want for you to know what this message is about and I want for you to be very clear as to what this message is about so in a concise way in a very short way this is what the message is about the message is about faith Faith that is an inbirthing that God causes to take effect in us. Persuading us of his will, his word, and power. And that when we yield to this faith, we will experience the supernatural manifested presence of God in our everyday journey. I wonder if you are clear on that. So let me just clarify it some more for us. The sermon is about faith. The principle of faith. Faith is not something you generate yourself. Faith is something that God himself generates. Faith is something that God himself initiates. God births faith within you. And he births faith within you so that you can know his will. You can know his word. You can know his plan and his purpose. And when you become knowledgeable of his will, his word, his plan and his purpose, a persuasion comes on the inside of you. Something is propelling you, driving you to go in accordance with the revelation that you have received. When you receive revelation, you receive enlightenment. It means that light is shed on a dark path. And what you could not see, you are now seeing it. And the reason that you can see what you could not have seen is because faith is birthed on the inside of you. In that sense then, faith cannot be effective without the Holy Spirit. So Paul said to the brethren at Ephesus that we should be filled with the Spirit. Filled is a present tense indicating that every day you must have the Holy Ghost. Oh my God. So when you have Holy Ghost, faith is established within you. Faith is stirred up within you. Oh, I want to clarify that this faith that I'm talking about is not about self-confidence. This faith is about God or spirit confidence. I want spirit confidence. I don't want confidence in myself. Confidence in my potentials and my capabilities. I want confidence in the Holy Ghost. Self has limits. But the Holy Ghost don't have any limits. So I don't want confidence in myself. I want confidence in the Holy Spirit. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. I wonder if somebody is hearing this. 
I can do all things. I can. I can. But the I can is possible because of the Holy Spirit. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I cannot go forward if I don't have Jesus Christ. I cannot progress if I don't have Jesus Christ. I cannot be successful if I don't have Jesus Christ. I cannot prevail if I don't have Jesus Christ. I cannot overcome if I don't have Jesus Christ. I cannot live if I don't have Jesus Christ. Mm. So this, this spirit confidence that I'm talking about will never be diminished. It will never be shaken by the immeasurable intensity of the hardness and fierceness of what you are up against. Can I say that again? Listen, how I describe your hardness and describe your fierceness. You listen to the description? It is immeasurable. It is intense. So what you're up against is immeasurably intense. And it doesn't matter how immeasurably intense what you're up against comes against you. It cannot shake this fear that I'm talking about. It cannot reduce this faith that I am talking about. As I said, I'm not talking about self-confidence. I'm talking about God confidence. I'm talking about spirit confidence. And for me, God so confident that him looked upon Jeremiah and said, Is there anything too hard for God? <laughs> I saw God confident. Is there anything too hard for me? The answer is no. There's nothing too hard for me. I can conquer anything that comes up against you. Your, your God wants for you to know there's nothing made that was made that he did not made. If somebody's getting this understanding of the God that we serve. And this God wants for you to know that once there is faith, then he will show up. God will make himself present once there is faith. So then, the aim of this message is to challenge us to rise above the cliche of faith. Because we hear this term so much that it no means anything anymore. We talk about faith. Yes, I have faith. And as soon as trouble come, faith gone. As soon as problem and crisis come, faith gone. We don't have no more faith when they speak against you. You don't have no more faith when the enemy rise up against you like a flood. You don't have no more faith when the old people in your family comes up against you. But before they came up against you, before you find yourself in the family drama, before you find yourself in the church drama, before you find yourself in the school drama, before you find yourself in the community drama, you talk about faith so much but now that faith is put to the test faith is nowhere to be found 
serious faith because you grew up in a church and everybody are talking about faith. Some of you are talking about faith. I don't really understand what faith is. But the church people are talking about faith. Preachers are preach about faith. Everybody are sing about faith. But I don't understand it. So it's just cliche. But there's coming a time when your faith will be tested. The faith that I ask you to rise up to is a godlike faith in your daily life, every day. This level of faith to which this message further challenges you is one that will lift your perspectives and lift your practices to a place where you can end your failures problems, chaos, troubles, persecution, whatever the case may be, nothing must shift your faith. We must stop thinking that when we have faith with God, it will prohibit us from entering some things. Faith is not for prohibition. Faith is to help you to go through some things that you must need to go through. Faith, open your eyes that you can see the purpose for your chaos. Faith, open your eyes so you can see the purpose for your disorder. Faith, open your eyes so you can see the purpose for the problem. God can't give solution if there's nothing to solve. So faith causes you to see the solution for the problem that is in your life. So for God to give you solution, problem must come. Jesus cannot be your deliverer if there's not something to deliver you from. So if he's going to show you that he's the deliverer, he must put you in affliction so that he can show you, I am your deliverer. Jesus is my deliverer. I know he delivered me. Jesus is my deliverer. Oh, what blessing it is to know that when we believe, God is present to work on our behalf you can join us next week for the continuation of this sermon the same time on this radio station but until then i encourage you to never faint in your faith but believe god always because god makes himself present whenever you believe and in his presence his power is there to work for you. Join me in prayer as we pray. Father, in the authority and reputation of Jesus Christ, your son, I come to you by faith, knowing that whatever we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, it shall be done. I pray now, Father, that you will revive and rekindle the faith of them who have listened that are becoming weak. You will strengthen feeble hands, strengthen weak knees, encourage the discouraged, O oh Lord God. Bring hope to them that are hopeless at this time. Make provision for them that are suffering lack. Make a way for them that seems to have no way out 
of what they are in. Lord, let light shine in the darkness that some of your people might be in. Show up and bring deliverance. Show up and bring salvation. Show up and be the God who is the provider, the Jehovah Jireh. Lord, be a covering over your people against trouble, against anxieties, against chaos, against disorder. Oh, Spirit of the living God, as you rekindle the faith in your people, may they overcome anything that comes up against them this week. May they operate in their position as a conqueror as an ambassador lord authorizing what you have permitted in their lives to take place by your mighty word lord as they speak to their situation it will be moved mountains will be leveled valleys will be filled up irons will be broken down lord highway will be made in the desert for them as you move in their lives as you move in their circumstances lord our god come in our island jamaica make yourself present almighty god in our governmental system make yourself present in our political system make yourself present in our churches make yourself present in the laity make yourself present almighty god in the clergy lord we pray that as you make yourself present you will demonstrate your power in our lives that same power that raised jesus christ from the dead let it be effected and effective you all in our lives right now as we continue to exalt you as we continue to praise you in jesus mighty name amen on behalf of a bishop mario reed and this town new testament church of god family we do appreciate your time spent with us and do hope that you were all tremendously blessed and motivated by this message. We take this time also, our studio engineer, Omar Sinclair, for his dedication, hard work, and commitment, and to our sponsors and partner, W&W Electrical Hardware, located at 42 Truman Avenue, Richmond Park, Kingston. Main Street, Steertown, St. Anne, and Main Street, Duncan's, Trelawney. For prior request, or if you wish to become a financial partner of this program, you can contact us at 876-826-5125. 876-826-5125. WhatsApp us at 876-773-9892. That's 876-773-9892. Or email us at moveintheword at gmail.com. Remember, if you're ever in the St. Anne area, we invite you to worship with us at 
either of our service, 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. Our service time are 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. Join us again next week, same time, for part two of this dynamic sermon on the number one station, Gospel J-A-F-M. Do wish for you a faith-filled week. May God continue to bless you all.